Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, men and women, non-conformers and non-believers, gender X and gender equals, hedgehogs, hoglets, or simply lovers of the Hedgehog Poetry Press. Welcome to Eat the Storms, the poetry podcast. My name is Damien B. Donnelly and I'm the host and producer of this show coming to you on Spotify, Apple, Anchor, Google, Breaker, Podbean, Player FM, Public Radio, Pocketcast, Overcast, Castbox, and many more platforms. I am delighted to welcome you here to the show today for this special episode, celebrating poets who have been published by the Hedgehog Poetry Press, run by the incredible Mark Davidson. Eat the Storms, of course, began because of Mark, as he published my debut pamphlet, also called Eat the Storms, and in turn, this podcast was created for me to be able to share the launch of that debut pamphlet, which in turn then turned into a weekly podcast and a platform for everybody at all stages of their careers to be able to share their voices. So let us begin with a huge shout out and a thank you to Mark Davidson for the incredible work he is doing for the poetry community, for readers and of course for us poets. Today we are going as far as field as Louisiana in the United States to hear from the Louisiana Poet Laureate from 2017 to 2019 and just up the road to Northern Ireland to hear from a poet who was first published by the Hedgehog Poetry Press during lockdown last year. Between that, we'll also hit Wales and England, and of course, here in Ireland. So let's get right on with the show and open the gates to the Hedgehog Farm. Today I'm going to start the show by reading two poems from my debut pamphlet, Eat the Storms, and with a further thank you to Mark Davidson for truly making this boy's dreams come through. This first poem was called Black is Only Shadow. Winter has grey wings. Feathers of such that come from concrete clouds too dense to discern any light beyond. Winter wears grey wings. But spring is an architect of possibility by a canal of colour. Sweeping in after the frost to bathe us in a fresh breath that blows a crossed chest once in chains. Round the red-bricked bridge we ride, each pedal pushing past the storms that rained rivers through our winters. Follow the river she sings. Seasons are short, but the earth is a sphere turning towards the light. Dark doors open, often into hopeful. The river recalls its route regardless of the water. Blue can be a bright beacon. Black is only shadow before it finds a reason to ignite in light. Bark is dry, but branches bear blossom. We can be the water or the bridge. We can be the natural path or the paved plot. The route is bright beyond the chains. Beyond the bend, where the colour is waiting. 
and this second poem is called Catch Colour. The sun sets and rises, and in between we catch the kisses that come upon the current. Though the continent is not ours to conquer. Tides come and go. Touch is temporary, flesh is polished pink below the sky, but falls like sands in the glass that hoards the hours, like clouds that can never be caged. The sun sets, and we blaze orange blossoms into passing night. The night's gale calls of connections in the passing. Passion is precious until it too passes. The sun rises and falls. Catch light. Catch fire before it drowns on the water. Catch the colours to paint the coming of the grey. To keep afloat until the next kiss. Catch colour. Catch kisses before the sun sets. Let worry waste upon wave. Tomorrow's light will be blue enough. My first guest on the show today was first published by the Hedgehog Poetry Press in January 2021 with her debut pamphlet, The Kitchen Sink Chronicles, an exceptional intimate account of living through COVID. Born in Newport in Wales, formerly working as an advertising copywriter and editor, she is now, with the children grown up, focusing on her creative writing, having recently received an MA in script writing from Bath Spa University and has so far written two plays, which will be performed in South Wales in 2022. She has had poetry appear in numerous magazines online and in print and is also an actor and a director for the Newport Playgoers Society and the Everyman Theatre Cardiff. She is also a supporting actor in television and film. Please welcome to Eat the Storms, Adele Cordner. Hello, I'm Adele Cordner. Thank you so much for inviting me onto your fabulous Eat the Storms podcast, Damien. And also thank you for all your hard work in getting so much wonderful poetry out onto the airwaves. It really is an honour to be featured amongst so many great poets from all over the world. I'm talking to you from sunny South Wales today and I'm going to read a few poems from my pamphlet The Kitchen Sink Chronicles which was published in January 2021 by Hedgehog Poetry Press. The collection was written during the early stages of the pandemic last year and diarises my thoughts and experiences through that time. This poem is Swallow Chick. Many of us took comfort in nature through lockdown and this is the true story of a chick that I rescued one spring and I hoped would return one day. Swallow Chick. 
I ache for my daughter through these lockdown days, wandering the garden, taking photos on my phone of first daffs, then rosebuds to send to her. When, suddenly, there she is, my swallow chick, perched high on the aerial, so proud to be home. I'd recognise those bright eyes anywhere. Last June, I found her helpless on the garage floor, her nest a mess of soil and feathers around her, her parents darting frantically about my head. I was nervous, but I knew she needed me, cupped her heart in my hands and placed her gently in a tree, her elders shrieking all the while. But straight away she launched herself to the ground, hopped around my feet, brave and unaware of the lurking cats anticipating a snack. I stored her safe in a shoebox while I built a little cot, gathering leaves, petals, feathers from her nest, then tucked her up high on a garage shelf. But in moments she was out again, put back again and again for days and days, until at last from beam to beam and out she flew. Now she is back. Sleek plumes, colours deepened, tail feathers long and strong. What was it like, Africa? I've never been. As I take her photo, I imagine her there, independent, exploring savannas with her kind, and the old, now familiar, ache returns. Next, I'd like to read a poem about climate change, Lament of Mother Earth. In this poem, I imagined nature as a desperately sad Mother Earth who's done everything to ensure that all species can live in harmony together, but has had to stand by and watch as humans destroy the planet and threaten their own existence. Lament of Mother Earth Oh, my darlings, I did my best dyed deadly berries in the deepest shades, added spots, stripes, spikes to forbidden leaves, washed fungus with red, gave rattles to snakes, a fin to the shark, slowed down stingrays, wiped out great lizards and froze deep seas, took others' food far from your reach, Grew forests too dense and rivers too long, buried unsafe gases deep underground. Gifted some mammals with speed and flight, armoured the animals you cannot eat with scales, quills, shells, thick, bristled skin, a bitter taste, or bony wings. But still you persisted. You trampled and climbed, you chopped and scythed, you dug and cut, you tracked and shot, you drilled and mined, you dragged and drained, you netted and trapped, you killed and hacked, you sold, you bought, you ate, you caught. 
My next poem is about the simple pleasures of water. I think the pandemic made us all slow down and realise the importance of mindfulness and making the most of simple pleasures. This is Pleasures Past. I hold out my arms. My youngest jumps to me. Our skins slide together and droplets rise between us, surprising our eyes and raising our laughter. Oh, the joy, the simple joy of water. Water all around us, floating us together, slowing our movements, taking our weight and letting us fall into it, making no more impression on its surface than a drop of rain landing on a lake. I'd like to end with a poem I wrote this time last year after I watched the summer solstice at Stonehenge. This wasn't in person of course as we were still in lockdown so it was via webcam on YouTube but it was still a very moving experience. This poem was published in Cover Story Books New Contexts Anthology in 2020. Blue Stones on every continent now, fires are lit, soil dug out and sea sought for our rites of passage to the other world, each to their own faith. Framed for over 5,000 views by the blue stones unearthed from Celtic lands, towed and replanted on this wind-swept plain, the solstice sun is setting. And as it slips out of sight, the flame of our ancestors burns in the stillness of the stones and the certainty of their presence at sunrise. For my next guest, we are heading across the waves, hopefully they are not too stormy, to the United States and Louisiana in particular, to a professor of English and the coordinator of creative writing at the Southeastern Louisiana University, where he is also the editor of the Louisiana Literature and directs the Louisiana Literature Press. From 2017 to 2019, he was the Louisiana Poet Laureate, and you will undoubtedly know his work from journals like Barron, Pigeonholes, The Shore, The Night Heron Barks, and many, many more. His latest collection is called Colour All Maps New, from which you will read some poems for us today, along with a poem from his upcoming Stickleback, soon to be published by the Hedgehog Poetry Press. It is an honour to welcome Jack B. Bedell to Eat the Storms. Hello, Damien. Thanks for inviting me to be part of Eat the Storm. I'm really proud to join a long line of fantastic writers you've already had on the podcast, and it's an honor to do so. I'd like to read a few poems for you tonight. The first is New Beach, Elmer's Island, from my upcoming Stickleback from Hedgehog, due out this summer. Before they brought this beach back with barge after barge of sand scraped out of the Mississippi's delta, the island had melted to a thin strip of grass 
where waves broke hard on their way to chew mainland coast. No headland buffer to slow down the gulf salt water, no room to walk, nowhere for cranes to nest. This place was a hyperlapse of loss, a door not so much unlocked as off its hinges and left to rot away. Now, though, acres of shore sprawl against the gulf, full of shorebirds. Tall dunes ready the island for the water's hot rise, storms sure to come. One island cannot stop the sinking inland or put back cemeteries and roadways washed away by tide, but it can buy us time, and all time is hope. The next set of poems is from my most recent collection, Color All Maps New, out by Mercer University Press. And this first one is called Mistayer, and it's based on a Frank Relly photograph that's in the Frank Relly Gallery on Royal Street in New Orleans. The horizon releases just enough light to wake the surface of the lake and climb into the very top of the one cypress tree in frame so that its leaves and branches look newborn against starry sky. I know this photograph is a real place, swamp not too far from home, but its stinginess of light raises the devil of metaphor I can't chase away with knowledge that its dark is just dark, its big sky is only sky. I tell myself, this tree is alone on the water, not loneliness. This light is fading, but is not loss. These leaves are green because they are leaves. No need to say more than that. Prayer does not have to. Prayer does not have to whisper with reverence while clouds thicken to purple in the sky. It can percolate, chortle, and climb like Coltrane's horn in a love supreme, probing in fits and squawks, clearing a path upwards, then knocking over all stones until there is no right of way, no safe passage, nothing but timpani and bass drowning all hope in distance. I've been in that room where it's clear the storm is on its way, where light diminishes its cord until harmonies fall off each other, breathless. Let the thunder have its say. Open a door to the sizzling wind. Trust the score to give each note space, each need voice, until the whole room vibrates in half-tones, raises itself into the sky. This loud song can find a stable key. This kind of noise can beg light down with a cymbal's roll. And I'd like to close with uh, a poem that's really special to me. It's uh, a kind of memory of things that my daughter and I used to be able to do uh, prior to COVID hitting and getting out in the world and exploring a little bit. We're getting back to that a little bit now here, um, but it definitely helps things to get a little happier just thinking about these kind of memories. This poem is called Summer Botany Lesson. No matter how many blossoms I point out exploding overhead on our neighborhood walk, my daughter isn't buying it. She's in love with the sound of bougainvillea, thinks the word's so pretty there's no way it stands for something real. She believes I made it up, 
strung long vowels and kissy soft consonants on a strand of rhythm to make her giggle. I wish I could tell a story that would win her faith, but learn to let it lie. Some truths beg for a fight. Some would rather echo on branches in crooked light while you just walk off holding hands. Thank you, Damien. I really appreciate the chance to be part of the podcast. All best to y'all. My next guest on the show today is no stranger to eat the storms and also no stranger to being published by the Hedgehog Poetry Press. 2020 saw her debut pamphlet Texas Bacata come out and she followed that up later in the year with the Montefiore Bride. On the fictional side of writing she has written the House of Grace Family Saga trilogy, the final novel of which was published in March of this year. With an MA in creative writing from the University of Brighton, she is a mentor to fellow poets and it is always a joy to have her on the show. Please sit back and relax with poems from her forthcoming collection. This is Patricia M. Osborne. Thank you, Damien, for inviting me back to Eat the Storms um, podcast. It's an honour to be here. Today, I thought I'd like to... um, read some poems from my upcoming poetry collection, Exploring the Myth, which will hopefully be published later this year. The first poem is a poetry sequence and um, based on a myth around the hazel tree and it's told in three different points of view. First, the salmon. Second, a boy. And third, a druid. Hope you enjoy it. The Tree of Knowledge Food of the Gods Nine hazel trees throw shade on a sunlit pool Laden branches swing A cluster drops Circles shimmer I nudge other salmon aside Lunge to the top Open my mouth to gulp hazelnuts On this daily diet my golden coat glows with red spots The world changes before me. My new gift of wisdom makes me a prize. News spreads throughout lands. Visitors are frequent asking advice. But I must be cautious. Some desire my insight. Too smart to be ambushed, lily pads hide my bright fins. One day, sun soaks the pool. I close my eyes and drift into sleep. Awoken with splashes, I swim towards my hiding hole. But, too late, flapping my fins, I twist and squirm, trying to slip free. Young Finn Finn, a salmon gulps nuts from hazel trees. His shining spots mean far sight. What nonsense. They say first to taste swallows the knowledge. Some yawn. The druid master yawns, taps his lips, then waves a map in my face. Supplies, Finn. The old man hastens us to go. 
traipsing far across strange lands, we trudge through sand, marsh and meadow. My bare feet sting. Sunshine lights a small lagoon, almost hidden by a fringe of hazel trees. The druid holds up his hand. Stop! This is the place. Finn, go catch the sacred salmon for your master. Throwing off my shirt, I wade into the sun-kissed pool. Cool water soothes my bent feet. I duck my head and search silver depths. A three-foot fish illuminates ripples. His black eyes stir. Threaten. But I'm too fast. I grab the monster. It tries to slip through my hands. Master, quick! The old man dives in, seizes the tail and belly while I secure the jaw. We scramble up the bank. The spotted fish thrashes until his strength wanes. Picking up a large stone, I hammer the revered salmon's head, slice him with my knife. Master Druid Foolish boy prepares the fire and fish. I rub my hands and smile. The lad is naive. No sense. Finn tosses the salmon onto the flame, watches it spit. He presses the fish on its side, bends his thumb, raises it to suck. Don't! I shout. The wisdom of Bellinos floods his eyes. Um, next poem is a myth around a bird. Lucerna. Feathered creatures nudge and prod to be first in the queue as God opens his paint box. He brushes the birds one by one in vibrant colours. Transformed, they take flight, boasting violet blues, golden yellows and burnished reds. Hanging back a small bird, too shy to move forward, stands alone in front of God, who shakes his head as he points to the empty paint pots. Lucerna lowers her beak, but God tilts the bird's chin. Fear not, little one. I gift you a perfect voice. Orange haze descends the sky as moonlight climbs. God prompts the small creature to sing. The nightingale opens her bill, whistles a magical crescendo. And finally, to finish off, um, a small one and it's round another bird, this time the yellow hammer. Good luck charm. The yellow hammer perches on the wine red hedgerow, holds his sunshine head high, opens his black beak and chortles my good fortune. Showing off his chestnut rump, he spreads his wings to take flight, refills his long white feathered tail as he glides across the sky with a promise to cure my ills. And that is it.
So I hope you all enjoyed um, my poems and thank you very much once again to Damien uh, for inviting me back. It's been absolutely wonderful and um, I look forward to hearing all of the podcasts in season three. So thank you. Next up on Eat the Storms today is no stranger to the show, having appeared in the first season, sharing poems from her exceptional debut chapbook called Quicksand, published by Janique in September 2020. I have been fortunate enough to see and hear her on many Zoom events over this past year, and it is always nothing less than an exceptional, stunning, honest, poetic account of her life and the impact multiple cirrhosis has had on it. She used to be an athlete on the track and is now an athlete on the page and her latest stickleback, published by the Hedgehog Poetry Press, is called Balancing Act. Here to share with us today some poems from that pamphlet and also from her debut chapbook Quicksand, this is Julie Stevens. Hello Damien, I'd like to thank you for asking me back onto your brilliant podcast, Eat the Storms. Such a great chance to listen to so many fine poems and poets. To start with, I'd like to share a poem from my winning stickleback. Thanks to Mark Davidson of Hedgehog Poetry Press for choosing my stickleback as one of the winners in the stickleback competition. This is the first poem in the stickleback. It's called First to Leave. They know you're coming. The grass is like a dancer's smooth arch, leaning to sigh. Tree branches mocking, their rough skin breaking the stare of desperate eyes. The ground beneath jerks stubbornly as you scrape with no remorse. Hurting to leave, hurting to arrive, no escape. The usual fleeing as the fun is born, always a deserter wounded on the path home. A graceful sparrow gestures the way forwards, air bursting, trying to soothe. The leave may be cold, but it finds those moments waiting like blossom sheltering the earth. Arrival at the car marks the end of the turbulent crossing. Find comfort knowing the most soothing sound is now your breath, cradling the warmth inside. Too weak to stay, too empty to feel. Go now. That tells the story of how often I have to leave events because of my multiple sclerosis, MS, early on when I start to tire. It's a shame, but I have to do that. I'm going to move on to my chapbook, Quicksand, 
which is published by Drake after they, I came second in the Drake chapbook competition. I'm going to share two poems from that. The first one I wrote when I first started to need a wheelchair when I went on long distances. Sometimes I walk with two sticks, but if I'm walking far, then I will have to use a wheelchair. And this is how I saw the world, how it suddenly changed when I'm down there. Down here. So here I am again, sat on four unwelcome wheels, a seat soft but lacking, waiting for a porter to push away my independence, sabotage my thoughts, transport me to where my vision of life will be sliced in half, my voice instantly lowered, sometimes distorted. The sign up ahead needs reading. I am whisked away before my request can be formed. The rough pavement delivers shockwaves through my legs. Abrupt emergency stops. My vision ahead cut short by turbulent turns. I am a vacant body removed from affairs up high. A subject of occasional compassion and need, but mostly an invisible carcass. Down here, I am a forgotten prisoner, baggage with no destination, a broken machine with no manual. Down here, I am a solitary moving figure, enduring a journey whilst falling. to say having written that poem people tend to bend down now to talk to me so it's done some good something else I think everybody says when you're asked how are you we often say I'm fine when really there's a lot of other things going on this is the poem I wrote about that I'm fine. You look well. I'm fine. I'm wearing my new boots. I'm fine. I washed my hair. I'm fine. I'm wearing my favourite top. I'm fine. She's gone. I look fine. She can't see. I want to tear down the trees, rip up all the grass. Crush the fence surrounding me. Kick all the people out of here. I'm a raging monster. But to her, I'm fine. How are you? I'm fine. You look good. I'm fine. You okay? I'm fine. Repeat, repeat, repeat. I'm fine. I'm on the verge of drowning. But I'm fine. I'm thrashing in a raging sea. But I'm fine. I'm staring death in the face. But to you, I'm fine. I'm the one who lies. I'm the one who laughs. I'm the one who lies. 
I'm the one who smiles. I'm the one who lies. I'm the one who cries behind your back. I'm so not fine. You don't see the real me. You don't feel the hurt. You don't see the frustration. You don't see the anger. I want to rip the heart out of my life. I want to jump off the highest bridge. I want to swallow a thousand pills. I'm screaming for help. But to you, I'm fine. I'm not allowed to say I'm fine anymore since I wrote this poem. So again, it's done some good. They always ask some more. Thanks, Damien. It's such a treat coming on to your podcast. I hope everybody likes listening. Eastside Arts Festival in Belfast focuses on creativity because creativity expands perceptions, because it makes people take a second look, because it shows people what they are capable of and challenges them to be more than they are. Running for more than 20 years, this year's Eastside Arts Festival takes place between the 5th to the 15th of August, featuring over 100 artists across more than 80 events with the theme of connection, all happening in person and online. And at this year's festival, thanks to local poet from Belfast, Gaynor Kane, the Hedgehog Poetry Press is coming out to stand under the spotlight with eight hoglets celebrating the connections between them and their homelands of Scotland, Ireland, North and South. Joining Gaynor Kane on the 6th of August online at 7.30pm will be Karen Mooney, Lynn Valentine, Martin Malone, Peter A, Vicky Allen, Anne McMaster and myself Damien B Donnelly and an event called Who Needs a Bridge? A Hedgehog Poetry Press Showcase. As always, for all the information, please head on over to www.eatthestorms.com, click on the podcast section, and under the blog listing for today's episode, you will find all the links to the Eastside Arts Festival. Otherwise, head on over to www.eastsidearts.net. See you all on the 6th of August. Next up today we have a poet who is very near to me in geography and even closer to me in terms of my heart. Last year she appeared for the first time in pamphlet form via the Hedgehog Poetry Press with a collection called Penned In, co-written by Gaynor Kane, another hedgehog poet who is no stranger to eat the storms. A poet of vast emotional depth, range and gravitas, who has appeared in many publications and whose current activities revolve around cats and words. I am thrilled to hear that her own pamphlet will be published later this year by the Hedgehog Poetry Press. 
Meanwhile, please welcome back to the podcast, the exceptional Karen Mooney. Many, many thanks to the wonderful Damien Donnelly for the invitation to return to Eat the Storm's Poetry Podcast. It's a huge honour and a great privilege to have the opportunity to read some poems on relationships, love and loss. I'd also like to thank the mother, who I know works and beavers away in the background to support Damien and all his endeavours. The first poem I'd like to read is called Our Funeral, and it's very self-explanatory. Our Funeral. There were no flowers or cards of condolence, yet there was a death, a death of us. No handshakes, no wake or funeral service, just a fear that it may be contagious. I didn't see it that way at the time, but you likened the situation to death. I was suffocating with a need to be free, whilst you envied the sympathy for a neighbour's last breath. I can now see that our union was a birth, a joining of sorts where two become one. Independence may have kept us together to complement, not complete, too young. Black's not my colour, so I did not mourn openly. I dressed up, but I did cry inside. I wore independence like a warrior's shield, protecting the land where failure resides. Yes, We died. We buried the remains in new lives, and now our history we resist. But no matter how deep the grave we dig, the bones of our past can be found to exist. That one was published by former Cactus and Spillwords, so my thanks to them. This next one is about my mum, and it's also fairly self-explanatory. It's called Preparing to Return and was published recently by the Heron Clan. Her clothes hung in a musty wardrobe, long after the smell of perfume had faded. The remnants of her life, boxes of baby tags, old photographs to which we now turn. On top, savings book, insurance policy and grave papers for a child not spoken of to whom... She was preparing to return. This next one is a tribute to a friend that I lost this year. Um, And we shared an interest in the arts, in poetry and in photographs. And he would have visited home and come back to his roots in Northern Ireland. He lived in London for many years. And this is my reflection on his journey in between treatments for cancer. It's called In Search of Light. In between treatments you venture out, visit old haunts, catch a movie, visit a gallery, hold family near lest they shed a tear, whilst you show no fear, full of fight. In between treatments you venture out, cross stormy seas with your next generation, taking giant steps with boots on roots from whence you came, that visit him, catching up with friends again, crafting memories in plain sight. In between treatments you venture out, 
by another guitar, eleven the final count, camera in hand, you capture flowers. Looking up, take a tree, send it to me, along with news from hospital reviews, and as with every exchange, I study it for light. This next one um, is, I suppose, maybe for the times we're in, it's called Bonfire. And it's a reflection on my youthful experience of bonfires and also um, what fire can symbolise at times. It was published by A New Ulster and my thanks to Amos Gregg for that. Bonfire. As children, Dad drove us up the rocky road to see the bonfires lighting up the Belfast skyline. I didn't understand the significance, but appreciated the spectacle and had no desire to go near them nor would I have been allowed. Carnival for all, night sky illuminated, keep a safe distance. Years later, attracted by the excitement, I went to see one, but perhaps it was just a chance to see a lad I had a notion of. Singing, dancing, a chaste kiss round the back of the bony and the fire was lit. That is, until my damper deployed with the thoughts of a disapproving father. Youthful excitement, drawn like a moth to a light, afraid of the fire. Dumped, like the remnants that would not take to the flame. Scarred, like a bonfire site. I learned there were several components required for a real fire, that they should be handled with care and even more carefully set. Putting out the flames, charred to protect from danger, setting a new fire. Well, it doesn't mean that you're an arsonist if you light a few fires and we're all long enough in the tooth to know that dying embers can be rekindled. Mind you, sometimes those components have to be kept apart unless, of course, the hearth is empty and you need the heat. Hot ash can ignite. Flicker or a flame beware playing with matches. This next one, um, I'm journeying back to my mum again. And uh, quite often I find myself reminded of her through places and things. Um, and she loved the garden. And she particularly loved a plant called Obrisha. And brought it with her from the country. She lived on a farm, brought up on a farm. And she took little snippets of plants. In those days, nobody bought plants. Uh, it was all um, cuttings from neighbours' gardens or um, you brought it with you from home to home. And this one's called Abrecia and it was published recently by Drag. You spill out of pots and beds, seed waves of blue, flood my memories. Mum grew you too. Cuttings from the family farm softened our city borders as you trickled onto the lawn. I'd lift you up if I was on mowing duty, emulating her protective nature. When I first had a garden of my own, carefree unruly borders echoed my delight in life until uprooted, then healed in where statement plants and concrete block wall protected a sterile plot. Now, I smile at your undemanding yet willful nature as you run unbridled between the paving and red brick steps at my back door. You compliment age-covered pots, even venture inside. 
unlike mum, cut down after the first flush in early summer, you bloom again. This next poem is called Baby's Breath and it was published in a joint uh, co-write with Gaynor Kane in our pamphlet called Penned In, published by Hedgehog Poetry Press. And we have sold a little publication with all proceeds going to Action Cancer. And this was written for my friend whose uh, son uh, had a new arrival in the family during lockdown. And it was a difficult time, obviously, to celebrate. So I wrote this little poem for them. Baby's Breath for Gus. Your tiny leaf-like fingers unfurl as we trill news of your arrival. Hope fills the air as you exhale heralding the future. Long stems stand proud, heads lifted heavenward as you breathe life into a fading bouquet. Sharing the same soil, we'll toil to tend your roots. Watch you spread each year then bloom, cast your seed on a waft of joy to settle in loam of your own. And finally, I'm going to finish with one for my long-suffering husband, Stanley. Um, When we got together, uh, we'd both had, I suppose, experienced sadness in our lives. Um, Stanley had lost his childhood sweetheart um, through cancer and was, like myself, a little lost. And I was lost after a divorce. So we were both a little broken. So this one's called Kintsugi for Stanley. Smashed on life's floor, our jagged edges made handling difficult. Confidence and strength drained through the fractures, hairline cracks and missing pieces. Tenderly and courageously, we gathered the shards of ourselves, repairing, filling gaps with a luster to celebrate the transient, imperfect nature of life. And my thanks to Favours of the Mind for publishing that. And huge thanks again to Damien Donnelly and his lovely mother. Thank you very much, folks, for listening. Next up today we have a returning guest who is not only a hoglet but is also a flighty dragonfly and the owner of far too many t-shirts. But seriously, he is one half of the fantastic flight of the dragonfly spoken word event team, formerly housed in Brighton and now taking over the world via Zoom, and also now home to the poetry, prose and flash online journal with submissions open right now I believe. His debut poetry pamphlet, Honeydew, came out last year with the Hedgehog Poetry Press and recently he just followed this up with the exceptional collection of love poems called The Machinery of Life, which I got to hear him read at a Flight of the Dragonflies event last month where he crashed it perfectly. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, men and women and everybody else, please sit back, pour yourself a beer. This is Darren J. Beanie. Hi, Damien. Thanks for inviting me back on Eat the Storms. It's a real privilege to be able to read some more poems for your wonderful podcast. I'm going to read some poems from my pamphlet, The Machinery of Life. 
that was published uh, by the Hedgehog Poetry Press on the 5th of July. I'll start with one called Blocked Heart. Sunday afternoon sessions spent settling into sagging skin, drinking non-stop philosophy, pint glass tunnel vision, black light dregs, forecast low, no claims required. Sentiment on the jukebox, ghosts in each lyric, Eros at the bar starts a commotion. In a heartbeat, I know a quaint cottage view, orchard sky, virtual daybreak. You let Eros buy you a pint, down it at first sight. Give me one of your hi-fi smiles and shouts. Read the signs, punk. You order tequila with a splash. My insides start to undulate. The ripples move in reverse, meet in the middle. I put in a call to Dino Rod for my heart. This next one is called What is Love? It is documented, musty, weathered, ancient sentiment, essence so deep, bursting with a concoction of meaning, the nitty gritty of which hides in a labyrinth. Yet it breaks out in perpetuum, vibrant and animated, it pedals round the earth, preying on the blushing, crafty cat burger, stealing hearts for pure pleasure. Silent assailant, plundering and destroying. You may stare it in the face for an age before finally putting one plus one together. I remember sighting it in a flash, a dayglow acidic angel dancing on bubbles. It feeds simply off three little words that shoot effortlessly from the lip, sprayed with the ease of spittle. Or a teasing hint. Where does that simple lyric go when uttered? To the land of meaningless tosh to live short and die with stale gossip? Or flourish, sustaining lifelong work? Lasting, bequeathed as a coffin companion. Some live by the sound of those words, contracted to their harmony. Others flaunt them like overinflated cash buying worthless passion. Love creates jesters, sultans and migrants, decodes high times and mockery. It is who we are, with it or without it. I will be spot on in its proposition. This poem's called What's Love Got To Do With It? Love has everything to do with us as I step over your paths of derelict clothes and wonder. When you abandon a sorry looking tea bag on the side, never mind the stains. As I snuffle, when I perform like a draining squirt or a regular stand up, the times I just, well, just don't, on occasions. When we are both pissed, those days it's all down to me, certainly not you. When I forget sweet running on empty, how about when you just don't make sense? When we cry, when our hold is like Loctite, as the morning peeps and amazes us, evenings as we settle into comfort, one, hearing each other, telling it like it is after we neglect. When you are there and I am somewhere else, when you are happy and always when you are at ease. This is called Strung Out and Under the Influence. 
We are Sid and Nancy, loaded and spent, cameos and a Cheech and Chong flick. We are habit, beyond recreational, strung out on infinite street corners. I am hooked on your joints, ache for your tang, that smack. I crank you up, you trip my dragon, spin under my skin. I dilate for you, up all night, persist through your veins, rave in our hearts. Our score is high. Aphrodite is our dealer. Only losers waste love. I'm going to finish with um, a poem called Eros in East Preston. I live in a village on the West Sussex coast, which is called East Preston. Uh, And when I wrote my master's dissertation, um, I developed a bit of a thing for Greek mythology. And whilst writing it, I wondered... What would Eros do if he hid away somewhere? So, Eros in East Preston. Hotshot talent wasted. Gut reactions, fragments of archaeology. His fable binds, unbinds, dangles by a fleece. He curses Apollo for leaving him suburban and wonders why. Hung up on deficit tall tales, time to skedaddle. He scatters his essence, congeals as out-of-sync archive, soon a tourist, assuming the name Cupid, his preferred waggery, secures lodgings at the Sea View Inn, overlooking Shaggy Dog Parlour. In Tudor Rose, he enumerates orders in antique Greek. Barmaid attends, he recounts midsummer mischief. Egyptian queen and Roman soldier, hotheads in Verona, Darts cast oblivious, arrow tips misaligned. Tales of truth, frayed, lies and brutality, the war in his helix. Tipsy, feeling Metaxu, Eros hunts. Something of an odyssey here. Settles for sweet and sour chicken balls served exclusive of sacrifice. So fight, epic. Settling on shingle under cryptic clouds and heroic semicircle moon. He cites Socrates' marvellous lunacy, Plato's disdain. He acts out his famous Sappho tease and plays missing the target with Foucault. Spatters at Uranus. What was the fucking deal with Nietzsche? Back in his room, he listens to Littlehampton Friday night sirens. Lays on ancient divan. His noodle like an illuminated globe. Cast spinning thoughts way back to his parents. Relives the contours of their love, the ultimate in pleasure and pain. He embraces his own spun-out anticlimax. Nothing alters. He lives his own impossible binding. Damien, thanks again, mate. Um, Hopefully catch up with you on the online world somewhere soon. Cheers. Hedgehog poet lives on her own much-loved old farm in rural Mid-Ulster. Once a full-time teacher, she spent several years teaching in California and travelling the US before returning to Northern Ireland. She has lectured in both English literature and performing arts while developing original productions and theatre productions, working as both a playwright and a theatre director for over 25 years. 
Her collection, Walking Off the Land, which came out in June of this year, offers a series of glimpses into a disappearing way of life, a rural childhood on a small Ulster farm. I'm delighted to welcome to the podcast, Anne McMaster. A poem that remembers how beautiful high summer can be. This is Baptism at the Farmwell. Summer has come gradually to its knees. The year is wearing thin now, it is growing tired and slow, darkness and memory slipping ever closer to the edges of the day. On this soft blue night, in one final patient dusk, I feel the year begin to falter. I have come to stand alone here beside the river's edge, drawn by the sound of running water, my face raised to the memory of a distant summer day. I am twelve years old, and with my father, making hay. Once morning eager with the promise of my long-grown bones, muscles taut and strong under my salt-slick skin, I have hefted a summer full of grass within these scented hours, and I am weary now. My father calls me to the brow of a hill where four fields meet. It is a small, dark copse, a shaded spot, and there, silent, still, together. My eyes raised beyond the summer branches to an open sky, a sky that soars unvaulted into the blue. My father reaches into the well his family once searched and found, water centuries cool and shadowed now, and baptises me in the water of the day. This is the correct order of my heart, this life, this moment. The water trickles down my sun-scorched skin and I am elemental. Water, air, soil, sky, sun, growth within me and around me. I will flourish here, blessed and baptised this golden summer day. Now my eyes are open and the sun is gone. There is a depth beyond silence and the shape of words, a gentle movement in the water that I mistake almost for a breeze. Will you join me here? Feel the weight the movement and the benediction of the water and the sky. Stand beside me as the stars catch fire. Moving swiftly along today's Hedgehog Poets, we now have a wee gem from Scotland, whose debut pamphlet, A Glimmer of Stars, was published just last month by the Hedgehog Poetry Press. I had the honour of playing host to her launch on Zoom, and it was an exceptional evening of fabulous poets with equally fantastic Scottish accents, all there to celebrate the rise of this incredible star. Her debut poetry collection, brilliantly titled Life Stink and Honey, will be published by the Cinnamon Press in April 2022. Her work has been widely published in various magazines, both online and in print, and she was one of five North poets to be commissioned by the Scottish Poetry Library as part of their Champions Project in 2020. It gives me great pleasure to welcome back to Eat the Storms, my friend, Lynn Valentine. Hi Demi, thanks for having me back on Eat the Storms. I'm delighted to be back on and joining all the hoglets today. Um, I'm going to read two poems from my um, Hedgehog Poetry Press pamphlet, um, 
a glimmer of stars which is a scots language pamphlet um and then i'll read two other poems as well because i know not all of you will understand scots although the pamphlet if you buy it does have english translations as well um this first one is called the lido Haim, um, which is the language of home and it's about i was feeling very homesick for my hometown of arbroath um, during lockdown so it's a bit about that and it's a bit about the scots language well, here goes the lido Haim. I hae carried this hansel without kennin, this thrapple that thras out the ours. For years I thought he smoor it doon as teachers would. I was the corrections, the head instead of heed, the dead instead of deed. My feather gied it to me, my granny tae, ah, those who drag it on to land at my hometown, fish who grew hardies and settled there. I unpack the bag, I sing songs of hame and family and Athen o' the sea, the reek of smokies that still maks my veggie moo slabber, the lang cold wind waking in for the flares, the reed o' the cliffs bricht at ony time o' year. I will tack this hansel and pass it on, scrive my words, sing my songs. My dad used to do all sorts of work for the council and driving lorries and snow ploughs and clearing drains and all the rest of it. Um, but he never complained and he loved working on the snow plough the best. Um, so this is a Scots poem about that and about his world um, in the early hours when no one else was awake. It's called My Feather at 4 a.m. Mornings, my feather whistled as if the world was his alone. His lang straveg through snaw to the eart, mind it by the big reed toad and the squeaking spuggies. We dream it with dad, the sudden sneeze o' a snaplu chargent a life in his horns, his canny handling o' a fochel toon. As he clear it the streets, tried no to rouse the sleepers, the fidget and bairns, folk bundled in their jammies, their first quiet coffee o' the day. After, buses and cars set out, onto new safe streets, we mak it snabas for the slush pile up. My dad did to us as he snore it on to dinner. This is another poem about my dad and the work he did when we were young, and it's called The Cleaners. Some unknown people dust the world, mop round after tragedies, offer a clear river, a green park, somewhere fresh to sit and think. My dad, a councilman, Minimum wage, clearing roadside drains, other people's silt and shit. I knew the name of Vile's disease when I was small, would worry on it, survey Dad for a sweaty brow and unlikely cough. Some days he'd come back pale, the man after the accident, the man after the ambulance, the man after the police had gone. The man who would damp down blood, throw down sand, lift gristle up in both his hands. We are now almost at the end of the show and so I'm going to leave you with a little treat, a little poetry preview if you will, from myself and fellow Irish poet Eileen Dupour. 
Earlier this year, we gathered together over Zoom and penned a conversational collection that ended up being a winner at the Hedgehog Poetry Press, and that collection will come out later this year called In the Jitterfritz of Neon. Looking back at nights out while being locked in, Today, well in advance of its launch, we are going to each share a poem from that collection, which was a joy to work on with Eileen, as we both sparked off each other writing poems, sending poems, being inspired by poems, writing poems in replies to poems, remembering, reflecting, and at the same time, getting to know each other even better. Eileen de Poyer lives in Dublin and works in health and social care. She was selected for the Stinging Fly Summer School in 2019 and has appeared in many journals including the Algebra of Owls, Ink, Sweat and Tears and the Bangor Literary Journal. As for me, well, enough about me. Now, here's the poems we hope you enjoy. This poem is called The Irregularity of All That Is New for Sonia. You haven't lived until you see how the other half live. Until you've fallen out of a gay bar of five floors at 5am and climbed onto the back of your cousin's bike to careen across canals of consciousness you never considered, where eels sliver like snakes, like the strange straight men who sniffed you out in that gay bar, although you're a girl and confused as to why a lech had climbed up to camp out. Finding out how the other half move, dancing on tabletops, shaking your Beyonce bits with topless boys and bottoms, bashing their guavas against grooves in a bar, on a street not a single foreigner ever comes close to pronouncing the regulars Drahtstrath in early morning Amsterdam. That regular cross street where you ran your fingers along the freedom of irregular tastes. The drunkenness of a dawn not yet crossed over into unconsciousness. The night before you both lost at being stoned. You, on the back of a bike on the way to the pipe and the stairs that lent like lathers to the stars. Your nose touching the steps in front of you as you engulfed all that was new. You haven't lived until you can say you've seen how the other half simply live. We never did make it to the Dylan the following night. Two hens in a basket for Lisa. Once you've careened by shopping trolley down a cobbled street in Glasgow, pakoras seeping warm oil through the paper in your lap, there really isn't any other way to travel. The moon was a grapefruit, low over Sucky Hall, casting body-shaped shadows through keyholes of the locked spare bedrooms of the Gart Naval Nurses' Residence. Back when no one needed us, when being quiet was for thinking up the next plan, when ground floor windows were a curfew dodge and a midnight dip in a hospital pond passed for romance. We decked our rooms in pound shop boas, picked up dresses and bargain bins, kept just enough each week 
for two for one chimichangas and cheap early entry to Clatty Pats. I spent my last fiver of the summer smuggling Ben and Jerry's in my carry-on. You lent me the bus fare to the airport. We never did make it to the Burl collection. Thank you, Damien. Conformers and non-believers, gender X and gender equals, hedgehogs, hoglets are just lovers of the farm. Thank you so much for joining us here today. We have reached the end of another episode of Eat the Storms, the poetry podcast. My name is Damien B. Donnelly and my guests on today's show have been the fantastic hoglets that were Patricia M. Osborne, Adele Cordner, Jack B. Bedell, Darren J. Beanie, Lynn Valentine, Karen Mooney, Julie Stevens and Eileen Dupour. For details on all of my guests on today's show, and of course for all of the guests on every episode of Eat the Storms, please head on over to www.eatthestorms.com, click on the podcast section, and there you will find a blog post for each episode. This was episode four, season three. If you fancy being a guest on the show, then please drop me an email at eatthestorms at yahoo.com. We are currently on Spotify, Apple, Anchor, Google, Breaker, Podbean, Player FM, Radio Public, Overcast, Castbox, Pocketcast, Breaker, iTunes, Google, and possibly still a few platforms I've not figured out yet. Still learning it as we go along. If you are interested in finding out more about the poems and poets published by the Hedgehog Poetry Press, or even if you fancy joining the world's best cult. That is a cult of spiny hogs, a cult which delivers poetry pamphlets to your front door every couple of months, then please head on over to www.hedgehogpress.co.uk. I will be back with you again next week. As always, the new episode drops from 5pm Greenwich Mean Time every Saturday, starting on Spotify, Apple and Anchor, and then heading out to the other platforms thereafter. So see you keeping it poetic on one of those preferred platforms. In the meantime, stay safe, stay well, keep smiling, and of course, no show could be fully over without that final saying of stay bloody poetic!